Welcome to Purposeful Profit, where I'll help you take your business to the next level. I'm Carla Motes, finance and strategy coach and fractional CFO for high-achieving female entrepreneurs. I'm here to empower women to build wildly profitable businesses that give them the freedom to live their dream lives. I'll use my more than 30 years of finance and consulting experience to take the mystery out of your finances, help you make more money, and go after your next big thing. Hi, and welcome back to the Purposeful Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Carla Motes, and I am a financial whisperer and a coach to female business owners that are ready to take control of their finances and put more profit in their pockets. And last week, in episode 21, I talked to you about 10 habits to build so that 2024 is the year you finally get your finances in order. Uh, You might want to go back and listen to that first. Um, I will drop the link um, in the show notes. But one of those habits was about establishing a bookkeeping system. And a bookkeeper is often one of the first tasks that owners look for help with. It's something that a lot of owners don't want to do. Um, it's something they don't really understand. So often that, you know, it'll be one of the very first things, you know, that they will try and hire someone to help them with. And the thing is, they don't really know what to look for when hiring one. And bookkeeping isn't regulated. I mean, anyone can hang out a shingle. Um, if you are listening to this call today and you d- decide tomorrow you want to be a bookkeeper, um, you can go, you know, you have to, you know, whatever your normal local licensing regu- or business registration requirements are, but there's no license required to do bookkeeping. Okay. And when you don't know what to look for when you're hiring one, often you're just comparing on cost because that's really the only way you know to compare bookkeepers. You talk to three bookkeepers, you know, one's 400 a month, one's, you know, 500 a month, and one's 800 a month. And you really don't, other than cost, you don't really know how to compare them. And it gets treated as a commodity. And here's the thing if I had a dime for every time I was called in to do cleanup work that was the result of shoddy bookkeeping, well, let's just say I'd have a lot of dimes. And when I say shoddy bookkeeping, it's things that are done incorrectly, things that are done incompletely, they're not done in a timely manner, basic services that should be part of bookkeeping work that aren't being done, cases where the, you know the, the business owner thought they were getting X, but the bookkeeper wasn't providing X, okay? And shoddy or low-quality bookkeeping costs you time and money. Cost you time and money now, definitely cost you time and money in the future because at some point you're going to have to have it cleaned up. And, you know, so I've overseen a lot of accounting cleanup in my career on both small scales and large scales. Um, even big corporations have shoddy, you know, bookkeeping or accounting. And so today I'm going to share five red flags that I see that you want to avoid when you're hiring a bookkeeper. All right, so let's dive in. Red flag number one that I see is you're hiring, people are hiring bookkeepers they have, that have no accounting background. So I'm going to ask you if you're, if you need to have a plumber come into your house, are you going to hire a plumber who's never done any plumbing? Are you going, we need to get your dog groomed, you know, your, your puppy, you know, your, your baby. Are you going to go to a dog groomer who's never groomed a dog before? I mean, you know, let, let your dog be the very first one that groomed. Uh, accounting is a specialized field, um, and your bookkeeper needs both training and experience. There's two components that we'll talk about, but there are two components they need, training and experience. Now, I'm not saying they need to have a bachelor's degree in accounting, okay, but I'm not even necessarily saying they have to have a, even an associate's degree, because you can go to a community college, get an associate's degree in accounting, but I am saying that they need to have some training and experience, and for me personally, this does not include 
the how to become how to how to build a home business as a bookkeeper. There are places you can go out there. You can pay four hundred ninety-five dollars for a course on how to become a bookkeeper. You know, last a month in some cases. Last maybe last. Uh, in some cases, it might even last a week. In some cases, it's it's just a course. And is that who you want doing your books? So when you're when somebody's paying four hundred ninety-five dollars for a class, they're not getting accounting training. They're getting training on how to run a business. Okay, so I said earlier that they need training and experience. So let's talk about training or knowledge. Um, things you can look for, for for knowledge is do they have a degree? You can go to a community college, get an associate's degree in accounting, and then you have a bachelor's degree in accounting. You get they could be a CPA. <clears throat> is at the very high end? Your your bookkeeper does not. Okay, let me emphasize this. Your bookkeeper does not need to be a CPA. And in fact, if they are, you're probably you know, over, way overpaying for the service, but they need to have some, you know, so, some type of educational background or a degree, a associate's degree or bachelor's degree. I mean, that's how I came into it. You know, so I, I have my bachelor's degree in accounting and, you know, you want some indication that they've got some type of academic background. Another option is if they don't have a degree is that they've worked with another bookkeeping firm or they've worked in accounting for years. So, you know, there's entry-level jobs you can go out and get in accounting or, you know, you know, CPA firms will, will hire people who don't necessarily have an accounting background and they'll train them. You know, if you've got somebody who's worked five years for a CPA firm, that, that would probably be a good ideal replacement for a degree. I mean, just make sure you understand what they did at that firm. If they were the office manager at that firm, that's not substituting for accounting background. So if they say, well, I worked at a CPA firm for five years. Well, tell me what you did at that CPA firm. What was your role? Um, they should have actual, you know, have gained actual bookkeeping experience. Okay. And also, you know, when they're talking, you know, I've interviewed a number of bookkeepers in my time and usually... I don't know. There's, I don't know how to explain. It. There's like a vibe I can get. I can usually tell pretty quickly whether or not they have expertise. So, so in that inter, you know, in your interview with them, are they owning their expertise? Okay. And and again, experience. So you could ask somebody who has a degree, but hasn't never done any bookkeeping. Okay. You know, I I worked in corporate America for a while, but corporate America is different than bookkeeping. You know, but I've done you know work for also for for smaller clients as well. So make sure that you know if they are coming to you from you know say corporate or or they're a CPA or former CPA. You know, do they have some experience working with businesses of your size as well? Okay. Red flag number two: they market or advertise primarily on low cost. Okay, bookkeeping is often treated like a commodity. Okay, commodity is, you know, two, you know, obviously two, thi- two things that, you know, are very similar and the only real differentiator is cost. So bookkeepers that are competing on low cost is because they don't ha- either don't have much experience, you know, they just complete that $495 class, or that's the only way they know to differentiate themselves. And I really advise that when you're hiring a bookkeeper, sh- you know, shop for value. I'm not saying you want to, you know, that, you know, you want to go out and hire the most expensive person. It's, it's actually not about the cost. It's not even about whether they're high or low. It's what value are you getting for what you're paying? Okay, what type of support do you get throughout the month? When do you receive your financial statements? You know, are you getting your financial statements? I actually worked, this actually wasn't a bookkeeping client. It was a, a CFO client. And when I first came in, they were, they had an, in, they had an in-house accountant. And um, I asked, I said, when do, you get, when do you get your financial statements? And she's like, I think I think we were we were in April and she was getting February statements and I'm like oh my god we have to go fix this because those statements aren't timely. I would say you should be getting your state your statements 
by the 20th or at the latest of the month. Ideally, you want a lot earlier, but you know, you, you want your statements, you know, within two to three weeks of the end of the month um, so that they're still relevant to you. I mean, if there's a team, how often do you talk to the owner? Okay, some bookkeeping firms are building out large teams and you're actually not dealing with the, with the owner. So are you talking to the owner? What type of reporting are they providing? Are they actually sending you reports? We're going to talk about that later. But, you know, are they actually sending you reports or are they just saying, hey, we're done and you're going in and downloading your reports? So what's the value that you're getting for them? And you can even ask them, what differentiates them from other bookkeeping or accounting services. So for me, for my executive accounting services, I have two main differentiators. One is I'm very low volume. Um, I take on very few accounting clients. And so I'm low volume, high touch. People deal with me a lot. And I, you know, I do more than the one meeting a month. And the other thing is I have over 30 years of experience. There's, there's not much that, I'm, that anyone's going to present to me that I haven't seen before. Okay. But ask them what their differentiator is. Because if they can't explain to you what differentiator differentiates them from somebody else you know to, to me that's the indication that they think of themselves as a as a low-cost commodity business speaking of costs just you know one of the things i'm always asked is you know what's a normal price to pay for outsourced bookkeeping and i would say expect to pay at least 500 a month for bookkeeping services that's a, probably a starting point this is really an area where there's like a minimum. There's a certain amount of work that you have to do regardless of the volume that you have. Okay, so for instance, you always have to reconcile bank accounts. It doesn't matter whether you have, you know, one or two transactions or you have 150 transactions. You always have to reconcile all the bank accounts um, or credit card accounts. So there's a minimum level of work that has to be done here regardless. So it's just like when you hire that plumber comes to your house and says, you know, it's going to be $100 just to come to your house. And then whatever you need is above and beyond that. So expect to kind of have a minimum, uh, you know, four to 500 a month as a starting point. Your bookkeeping fees really depend on what you, what it is you need. They can go up for a larger, you know, say seven figure business that's more complicated. It could go up to, you know, two or $3,000 a month. And this is really driven by your volume of transactions. The more transactions you have, the more work there is. The complexity of the business, again, the more complex your business is, typically the more services you're going to need. And some of the add-on services that are typically not included in standard bookkeeping are things like 1099 processing. Payroll is often not included because not everybody will have payroll, so it's an add-on service. Invoicing, doing your invoicing for you, you know, versus having somebody in your firm do your invoicing, accounts receivable, accounts payable. You know, bookkeeping is generally the, the, the processing of your, of your transactions, the categorization of your tra- transactions. That's kind of your, like your core book, bookkeeping servicing services. Cat- bring in my transactions from, from all my, you know, banks and credit cards, categorize those transactions, reconcile my bank statements, you know, make, you know, do reviews of all my transactions to make sure they're categorized correctly issuing financial statements. That's your, you know, your basic core service. Okay. Red flag number three, they don't have a detailed onboarding process. I really encourage you to ask in your calls with your potential bookkeepers, what is their onboarding process? Because this is really key. Okay. Do they have an organized process for taking over your books or are they winging it? Because a lot of you will already have QuickBooks Online and you will be transitioning from somebody else. So that's one way they, that they're um, 
that they're on, they're onboarding you. You're, you're currently with somebody else who you've outgrown or you're not happy with for whatever reason. You're moving to a new firm. There's an onboarding process for that. And then, or you're setting up QuickBooks Online from scratch. And again, they, they have to, they, there's a lot of information they need to collect and they need to get access to. And, and how are they doing that? This is also where they start to learn about your business. Um, and you want a bookkeeper who, who understands your business and doesn't think of your business as just like any other business. Okay. And this is where they get access to all your records and the information, passwords, you know, access to accounts. Um, when I say access to accounts, by the way, you're not giving your bookkeeper access into your bank account where they can, you know, move money. But most banks will provide you the ability to give certain people access where they can just pull down bank statements and they can go in and review activity so that they can, you know, so they can do their work. Okay. And a solid onboarding process is going to save you time and cut down on emails. Okay. So um, it's going to ensure your books get done in a timely manner and it's going to minimize how long it takes them to onboard you. Okay. So ask them to discover what their onboarding process looks like and do expect to invest some time in this first four to six weeks, probably two to four hours. Okay. In either meetings where you're going over, you know, questions that they have or completing an on-take form, an intake form. I find for most clients, it's a combination that, you know, I have intake forms that go out in the beginning. I have um, ways I collect initial information, but one of the first part of your onboarding process, you're categorizing transactions and you're not familiar with the company's transactions. Um, and you want to make sure that they're categorized in a meaningful way. So, you know, I don't always necessarily categorize the same transaction for two different clients exactly the same way because how they want to see it or what's meaningful to them may be different. So I will, you know, have some transactions that I want a question with them. I want to go over with them, but expect to invest two to four hours, you know, over those four to six weeks. And again, this is your investment in this new relationship. Red flag number four, you know, they charge by the hour. It used to be really common to charge, you know, accounting is in the professional services space. And in the professional services space, it used to be really standard to charge by the hour. You're You're trading time for money. But I really don't like this model for bookkeeping. There's no incentive for efficiency. Okay, the longer it actually takes them to do the work, the more they make. You're really treating them. You know, it's like an, you pay your employee. You, know, you have an employees to pay by the hour. And obviously, if you have an employee who's doing your bookkeeping, this is different. Um, you know, when I say charge by the hour, I'm talking about somebody who you are outsourcing to. I'm not talking about you having a W two employee. But they don't have any efficiency. Okay, and in my opinion. If they are charging you by the hour, it's a sign that they probably haven't done this work long enough to know how long it should take them. If they're charging by the hour, they are hedging that, that basically saying, I'm not really sure how long it's going to take me to do your work. So I'm going to charge you by the hour. Okay. And, you know, with hourly pricing, you're going to get surprised. You can get surprised by a big bill or they're going to, they can come to you at the middle of the month and say, you know, I've already, you know, done the 10 hours this month that I expected to do, but I'm still not done. If you want your financial statements, it's going to be an extra five. And then, you know, what are you going to do? So really push them for flat rate, flat rate, flat rate pricing. I can't speak where for X services, you're going to pay this flat rate. You're going to pay it every month for maintenance work. Now, do expect some provisions in your contract or in your agreement to revisit pricing periodically because your circumstances can change, your volume can change, um, especially if you're in a growth in a growth mode. You know, doing bookkeeping for somebody who has, you know, 75 transactions a month is different 
you know, if in, you know, three or four months, you're up and you're doing 200 transactions a month, because again, a lot of the, the bookkeeping work is impacted by the volume of transactions that you have. Um, so expect to revisit the pricing periodically, or perhaps for your pricing to be tied to some type of volume metric or the type of services provided. Again, you know, so some things, you know, maybe if you add employees, you know, maybe they're doing payroll, but their payroll fee for you is covering up to five employees. And after you have five employees, you're going to pay more per employee. Or, you know, maybe you're paying X amount for a certain number of bank accounts. And if you add an additional bank account, you're going to pay an extra amount. Okay. Um, and then obviously add-on services. Now, the one caveat I'm going to make to being charged by the hour is for cleanup work. Okay. So cleanup work is often very standard. Often if you are switching bookkeepers, there's a reason you're switching bookkeepers. You know, you know, maybe you know there's some transactions that haven't been reconciled, or maybe you've been doing being DIYing it and you know there's some tasks that you haven't done. There needs to be some cleanup. It's very hard to estimate cleanup work until you actually get in there. Um, often I go you know, I you know, when I do cleanup with clients, I do in my discovery he asks questions to kind of give me a feel, and I also get access to their QuickBooks online, and we go through it together um, on the call. And I can go in, and I can kind of look and get a feel. But until you actually get in, you really don't know what you're going to find. And I would say 90% of the time when I'm doing cleanup, there's, there's issues that we come ac- across that we didn't expect. So cleanup work is most more often charged by the hour, um, or there's an upfront payment and includes a certain number of hours. So you know, $2,000 for cleanup work, half of it up front, you know, half, half when you're, you know, I'm almost done, but it includes a certain number of hours and any more hours than this, I'm going to get approval from, from you, you know, before I go on. When you, when you're doing this though, you also do want to get some updates. You want to have, you know, timeline for how long they think the, the, um, the cleanup's going to take, but do expect to pay on an hourly fee for cleanup work. And even if you're going straight to maintenance, a lot of times there will be a level of, of, you know, cleanup work. Often I will tell clients when they come over, I was like, you know, we, and we've agreed to a maintenance amount. I will tell them that, you know, in the first week I'm going to be doing a deep dive into their books. And if there's cleanup, I will come back and we'll have, and that will be discussed. That'll be discussed separately. And then five, the red flag number five is that their services are transactional only. So I said earlier at its core, your, your core bookkeeping service is bring my transactions in from my banks, my credit cards, any loan activity, get them categorized, okay, which is, you know, where are they going to show up on the financial statements? It's it, at its core level, it's a transactional service, okay? Low-level bookkeepers, that's really all they're interested in, Okay. What I want you to look for here, though, is what they should be a value member of your team. They should be adding value beyond just categorizing your transactions. So are there processes set up to help you? Um, for instance, I once had a client who came to me um, because she just wasn't, she wasn't feeling it with her, um, her current bookkeeper. And one of the first things she told me, which is, was my biggest red flag, we ended up, I was actually doing CFO work for her and we, ended, we weren't originally planning on moving bookkeepers, um, but we ended up doing that because the first red flag she told me was, well, this, this bookkeeper told me that I'm not allowed to do anything on my own books. So she's doing all this work outside of QBO and spreadsheets and everything because her bookkeeper told her that you're not allowed to do any work in your books. I was like, these are your books. They are there for you. 
the bookkeeper's there to empower you. And, you know, they're, they're, they're there to take some low-hanging fruit off your plate, get things categorized, but they should be providing value, okay? They should be helping you understand how to use your books. They should be helping you understand how to use some of the functionality in QuickBooks. So, you know, are they interested in just being transactional only? Or are they actually interested in helping you understand your numbers, understand your books, finding ways to leverage QBO to its fullest extent? Okay, because high-level bookkeepers are really interested in helping you make better decisions and grow your business. Okay, and so this is, again, the difference between low cost and high cost. If it's a low cost, you know, if they're competing on cost, they are probably a transactional bookkeeper. And they're not really interested in helping you make better decisions and grow your business. Do they seem interested in, in your discovery call or your consultation and understanding your business? Are they more just asking you what, how many transactions you have and how many bank accounts you have so that, you know, that they can give you an, you know, an estimate of the, what it's going to take to do your transactions? You know, a good, pick, good, pick, good bookkeeper is going to have a good discovery call where they're, yeah, they're going to ask information to help them, you know, ferret out how long, you know, the transactional part is going to be taking. But they also really want to understand your business because a good bookkeeper, a high-level bookkeeper is looking for ways to add value to you. Okay, are their discovery questions generic, like they're scripted, you know, like they, they're asking the same questions of everybody? Are they asking good questions specific to your business? They might start with a script, you know, they have a standard, you know, I have a standard list of questions that I'll ask, but then I'll have um, specific follow-up questions that I will ask, you know, based on the answers that I get to those, based on what I know about their industry. What type of reporting are they providing you? Are they providing any commentary or insights? Don't expect your bookkeeper for, for bookkeeping prices to be doing um, analysis. They typically, you know, they won't have the skills or that's where you start to get into CFO services. But they should be able to provide you some basic commentary or insights. They should be able to explain to you what happened in your, in your numbers this month. Again, if they can't, then they're purely transactional. Another thing to look at is how big of a client load do they have, um, and if it's if they have a team, this is, you know it's pretty standard. You know one of the ways to scale an accounting firm is you know to to deal to do higher volume and hire bookkeepers to do the actual work. But if that's the case, what's the client to bookkeeper ratio? Okay, and are you always dealing with the book? Are you dealing with the same bookkeeper every month? You know, or are you, or is it just you know that you're just out there and you know whoever comes in and does the work does the work I there was a client I had that worked with a big bookkeeping firm and there can be advantages to those firms because obviously if somebody's out sick or something you've got you've got coverage but every month somebody else was doing her transactions and you could tell because you know you would have something where you know a particular vendor would go in one category one month and a different category the next month and a different category the next month because if they do have a team um, I would also make inquiries as to what type of training they do of their team what type of standard procedures do they have so that it so that if you know you have different people touching your account you know that the work is being done um, consistently ideally you want to have a single bookkeeper on a team you want to have a single bookkeeper that you're dealing with um, and again are you ever dealing with are you ever actually meeting or dealing with the owner can they explain their financials to you what type of questions do they ask during your consultation um, again you know are they treating all their clients alike um, if you're in, if you are you know for instance you know bookkeeping for let's let's say an organizer who who does all of her work in home say say you're a you know you know a home organizer a home organizer who does all of her work on site with clients has a very different business model than somebody who is doing organization courses and coaching. Similar, you know, type of 
knowledge, but a very different business model. So, you know, can they recognize that or are they treating those two, two, those two types of businesses essentially the same? So I hope um, today's episode gave you a feel for, you know, things to be looking for when you're interviewing bookkeepers, questions that you should be asking, and red flags that you really want to avoid. If you are ready for DFY accounting services, I have three spots available right now for my executive accounting services. I use my 30 years of finance and accounting experience to give owners like you a high-touch accounting service. This service is for business owners that are ready to get their finances in order, but they don't need CFO services yet, but they want really solid bookkeeping services. I kind of position this as definitely a step above the, the bookkeeping services that you typically see out there. You can book a free call at www.carlamotes.com forward slash work with me. The way this call works is I will, together we'll do a quick financial assessment and then we will discuss your accounting needs and really your business specifically. Um, and I will also help give you some insight, whether you use me or somebody else, as to what your, what type of accounting services your business needs. All right? And I will see you next week. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Remember that your finances deserve some love. Finance doesn't have to be complicated or overwhelming, and you do not have to do it alone. I'd love to talk to you about your business, so please come on over to www.carlamotes.com to learn more. Or, if you're ready for financial and strategy support that will uplevel your business, go to www.carlamotes.com forward slash work with me to book your free financial assessment. And the last favor I'll ask is for you to help me get out the word. Tell your friends about this podcast and share it on your favorite social media. Until next week, go create some purposeful profit.